I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, we travel from the islands of French Polynesia to the BRT Wildlife Sanctuary in Karnataka and discover the secrets of some of the world's greatest long-distance travelers, along with the life lessons they hold for us. In 1977, a Japanese-American anthropologist named Yoshiko Sinoto was conducting field research on the island of Hua Hain in French Polynesia. In a saltwater swamp, he found some parts of an 800-year-old voyaging canoe. The vessel had apparently been driven ashore and crushed by a tsunami. Through the 1960s, such a canoe became the center of intense discussion and speculation among a group of anthropologists. Till then it was believed that Polynesians had reached the Hawaiian Islands and other South Pacific archipelagos by accident. This was hard for the anthropologists to digest. A distance of over 4200 kilometers across oceans navigated purely by accident. They had to have a system which allowed them to navigate in absence of even simple instruments like the magnetic compass. And what about their vessel? Did it look anything like the remnants of the 800-year-old canoe discovered by Sinoto? The answer came in the form of a man living on the island of Satawal in the Pacific Ocean. The island is incredibly small. Just 1 square kilometer and supports a population of 500. The man who had the answer was known as Mao Piailag who was still familiar with the ancient techniques of Polynesian navigation. A group of native Hawaiians apprenticed themselves to Mao and started learning from him. What the anthropologists and the Hawaiians discovered was beyond their imagination. Mao taught them how to read wave patterns, cloud color and shape, ocean currents, changes in water depth. prevailing winds and the presence of fresh water from the discharge of nearby rivers however this was only part of the system it also needed the ability to read the stars throughout a solar year to monitor the changing positions as the hours the days and the seasons passed the discipline needed to learn and then recall these movements provided the navigator with a star compass a mental construct by which one could set and hold a course a world away from french polynesia i found myself on a short trip to brt wildlife sanctuary a 3 hour drive from bangalore the forests form an important wildlife corridor between the western and the eastern ghats linking the largest populations of asian elephants and tigers in southern india i was with three friends all of whom were excellent spotters of wildlife i meanwhile was clueless and mistook a pig for a wild boar my friends had spotted tigers elephants and packs of wild dogs called dholes on their past visits 
I was hoping for similar luck. For three days, each morning and evening, we drove across the sanctuary. And while we did spot a lone elephant, we couldn't spot any dholes or tigers. But we were lucky enough to spot birds. From the solitary crested hawk eagle to the jungle babblers, gregarious birds that forage in groups of 6 to 10. We also spotted the Indian golden oriole, whose Eurasian cousins are known to be great migrants. The breeding range of this species spans from Western Europe and Scandinavia East to China. They winter in Central and Southern Africa. Reflecting on my trip to BRT Wildlife Sanctuary, a question nagged me. How did the Polynesians come about this complex yet brilliant system of long-distance travel? What do we know about the navigation system of birds? And how well do we understand it? In their book, A Short Philosophy of Birds, Philippe Dubois and Elise Rousseau describe the life of the bar-tailed godwit, a largish bird with a bill-to-tail length of 40 centimeters and a wingspan of 80 centimeters. And every year, it goes on one of the world's greatest journeys. As spring arrives, the godwit migrates to make its nest in the Arctic. Satellite tagging of one specific female, nicknamed E7, uncovered its unreal capabilities. E7 flew onward from China to Alaska and stayed there for the breeding season. She then departed on an eight-day non-stop flight from Western Alaska to the Piako River near Thames, New Zealand, setting a new known flight record of 11,680 kilometers. She made the 174-day round-trip journey of 29,280 kilometers with just 20 days of flying. The average godwit weighs 250 grams. During this non-stop flight, the godwit rests by allowing only one half of its brain to fall asleep at a time, thereby enabling continuous flight. On March 8, 1975, while thousands of godwits must be undertaking their spring migration, a different kind of journey began. The men who apprenticed with Mao Piailag built a traditional 62-foot double-hulled Polynesian vessel. The Hawaiian crew along with Mao sailed and navigated unerringly from a beach in Maui to Tahiti, a journey of 4,000 kilometers in the open sea using only the traditional Polynesian methods of navigation. Apart from the ocean currents, wind patterns and cloud shapes, the Polynesians also relied on migrating birds. A voyage from Tahiti to New Zealand might have followed the migration of the long-tailed cuckoo just as the voyage from Tahiti to Hawaii would coincide with the track of the Pacific Golden Plover and the Bristle-Thighed Curlew, birds similar to the bar-tailed corvette. For a person who has the ability to get lost in his own town, I find it hard to fathom the abilities of such long-distance travelers. The blessings of everyday navigational technology like the GPS come with a hidden cost. We are losing our ability to find our way. I went into BRT Wildlife Sanctuary seeking elephants and tigers and ended up finding the fascinating world of birds. Modern living is a constant tussle between finding and seeking. We are spending way too much time seeking, be it money, relationships or even experiences. What we need to consciously return to is finding. A finding which allows us to strip ourselves of our expectations, embrace the wonderful world we live in 
and experience it for all the joys and sorrows it will give us. And in this process of finding, maybe we all undertake the ultimate journey, that of finding ourselves. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YV Travel 42 on Instagram.